Good afternoon and good evening to our British folk, including young Lewis Brackpool. How are you? I can't hear you right now, Lewis, so we're just going to pretend this is uh, a mime cast. How, so yeah, nice. there you go. Wow, all Lewis. Right. British technology <laughs> all over again. Well, <laughs> welcome, everybody watching. I've got something in my throat, it sounds like. I'll just I'll just do the podcast as Alex Jones. Welcome everybody. We're live on Rumble. We're live on YouTube. Um, Super U, Getter, and Odyssey, of course. And if you're on Super U, Odyssey, or Rumble, you can send us paid chats throughout the show, and we will get to them. Whether it's questions, comments, concerns, drawings, Lewis, we will get to them, and we will shout yeah. you out. Lewis, how are things going on your side of the pond? What's the weather like? Most importantly, what's new with you? Yeah, um, I'm coming down personally with a little bit of man flu at the minute, so uh, mm -hmm. I'm just sort of backing myself up with medication and cracking on. Uh, weather is turning very spring at the minute, so it's looking very nice. I gave you a little tour earlier. Yeah. We were having a, um, you were saying it's looking very British with everything and the way it all looks out. So, it does. Uh, you love it. That smile, you love it. it you I do. Love it. I wish I could just go on it. Like The England I love is soccer hooligan England. And <laughs> eating fish and chips and everything. Um, the big news out of this side of the world today, Lewis, is that Canada, or Ontario rather, is finally catching up. We are finally getting a date to stop our mask mandate. Now, if you're unaware, the vaccine passport in Ontario, Canada, was lifted on March 1st. And now, for some reason, they had to wait three weeks longer. The official date is March 21st now. And if we can bring up, we have a written article on rebelnews.com by uh, Tamara Ugolini, Chief Medical Officer Dr. Kieran Moore. That's the guy who looks like an evil scientist from James Bond. He announced Ontario would be removing its mask mandate on March 21st with remaining restrictions likely to end near the end of April. I don't know why there has to be a gap between all of them. I don't I don't see how that makes any scientific sense. But um, <laughs> other places like England and um, even U.S. states have taken them all away for yeah. good all at once. Pardon? I so I was going to say, how does that feel? Because you know, you guys are still catching up with everything. So how does that feel? It's so long. It feels like they are just trying to do it as long as they can. They're going to try to keep the restrictions as long as they can and hope something happens that they get to re-implement them. And I know we think it's all part of some sort of agenda, and we can get to it later because I want to talk about what they appear to be pivoting to with all this Russia-Ukraine stuff and the gas prices, but we can get to that later. Now, writer Dave also forwarded an article to us that Hawaii will be lifting its restrictions, and they're actually the last state to lift the restrictions. So Ontario, Canada, the most locked down place in the Western world, and Hawaii is ahead of us still. Hawaii finally drops its indoor mask mandate. The Aloha state becomes the, the last in the country to allow residents to lose their face coverings inside as nationwide COVID cases drop 38% in a week and daily infections fall below 40,000 for the first time since July. That's from the Daily Mail. So Hawaii, who's really off on its own tangent, it's got that terrible Senator Hirono, I think her name is, she's insane. Um, and they're still ahead of us. We're still ahead of or they're still ahead of a conservative-run province where the majority of the province, landmass-wise, is very rural, and you just get around the Toronto area where you're very liberal or very left voting, and then 
we're governed by a conservative party and we're still the last people in the Western world to get our mask mandates lifted. Now, having said that, most people don't care, but uh, I do I do believe that David Menzies has a couple videos coming out where he goes somewhere and they kick him out for not having a vaccine passport. <clears throat> and then he goes to a restaurant. They kick him out for not having a vaccine passport. So there are still some people who care in Canada, Lewis, and still want to go with these restrictions. Are people allowed in England to have a vaccine passport or restrictions if they want to continue them? Or was that done away with legislatively? Uh, so... Technically, you can still have the option to do it. That's what um, that's the that's the little uh, part that people don't really say out loud uh, <laughs> is that you technically still do it and still utilize that uh, strange business model uh, because, of course, your business is going to thrive when you have these uh, these legislations and rules Im implemented in your pub uh, or restaurant. Um, so that's pretty weird. But um, I think the British people have majority of them i think have started to just go oh, do you know what we're done with this <laughs> like it's time to move on time to talk about the war uh, right. is what i think a lot of people want to want to now focus on and uh, i've never heard of, of covid anymore i don't even know what that is <laughs> i've never heard of war actually lewis um <laughs> so yeah we can transition to that of course, everybody and their mother wants you to be for this war. They want you to hate Russians. They want you to think Ukraine's the bastion of freedom where everybody's fighting for the good of mankind, I guess. Forget about the Bidens now, I guess. Um, even Republicans and conservatives really want you to do it. And no matter what sides you take, the result is, for some reason, all of our gas prices going up. Now, the U.S., and I want to do a video about this, but the U.S. has now announced that they're cutting off any oil purchases from Russia. Now, the last time I read, their crude oil imports had doubled over the last year from one and a half to three percent. And I'd like to know how much money the three percent um, is worth so that I can get a number as to how much money they're taking away from Russia. I'm guessing it's not too big. Like it's going to be like a large number for anybody else. But on a country size, I think that's not going to be a huge number. And for that to be an excuse for the gas prices to rise astronomically, which they've done here as well, they went up by 30 cents literally overnight here per liter. And I know you guys fuel your cars on Carlsberg or something, so I don't know how it relates. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lewis, I have to. That's why I love having you on. Um, so... It's interesting how that is supposed to raise our gas prices. Meanwhile, Joe Biden says none of his policies hinder energy production in the United States, which, of course, isn't true. They don't let people drill where they want to. They say there's all these drilling permits, but they're actually in places where people don't want to drill um, or don't see it as efficient enough to drill. Day one, he stopped the pipeline coming in from Canada. The governor of Michigan, I believe it was, stopped another pipeline from coming in. So we have two pipelines blocked. Somehow that's not supposed to affect gas prices, even though we produce gas right here in Canada in the oil sands, send it to the U.S. to refine. And, you know, it's supposed to be cheaper for all of us. Somehow this does not make a difference. And furthermore, when Barack Obama was trying to screw over Russia, because for some reason the Clintons, the Obamas, the Bidens, they want to prop up Ukraine so much, and Russia obviously against that. What Barack Obama did was he lowered U.S. gas prices when he was the president, and that was his way of getting going after Russia, saying, hey, the U.S. gas prices are going to be lower. You can buy cheaper oil from us. 
from our reserve, I think it was. And that way you don't need to buy Russian oil. But now everybody's supposed to be cut off from Russia. There was supposed to be a pipeline going from Russia to Germany. There's tons of pipelines. And now I feel like this is the way they artificially push towards green energy, as they call it. I call it the replacing of their billionaires with our billionaires. Obviously, oil billionaires, they're Saudis and they want to, you know, they want to do their own thing. And then you've got Texans and you've got Western Canadians. Obviously, these aren't people aren't going to be politically aligned with the Biden and the deep state they've got going there. So I think this is a push to let's put it our billionaires. Let's put it on our Al Gore's. Let's put in everybody who supports, you know, the Green New Deal being uh, Bernie and AOC and these uh, terrible, terrible politicians. And at the same time, we'll be able to pump money into Ukraine endlessly, which is what America seems to want to do. So I think that this battle with the gas prices and the pipelines is an attempt at an artificial push towards green energy and their preferred energy billionaires. This is why Pete Buttigieg, the um, minister, uh, I guess they don't have ministers in the United States, but he's the, the in charge of energy in the United States and transportation. This is why he's saying, just go buy an electric car and you won't have to. Uh, pay for gas prices. Meanwhile, the electric car average price is over $50,000. Um, you've got your lithium batteries that are terrible for the environment. And you have to dig out these huge mines for them. You've got charging stations that are often, you know, powered by a different form of energy and they're sparse. Did you know, Lewis, that in Canada, and this was a Sheila Gunn Reid ATIP story, I believe, that Canada had to pay itself in order to find all our electronic charging stations? They had no idea where they were. So they opened a program, I think it was $200,000, I could be wrong with that, but they opened a program where they located all the electric car charging stations in the country because they couldn't, they didn't know where they were, so they had to map them out, they had to pay somebody. I'm guessing a guy who just Googled for a few hours to find out where they were, Google Maps and such. And that's the... And, and that's the state. There we go. 680,000. I was way underestimating them. So almost three quarters of a million dollars for Bob in his living room to go on, download a few apps and Google Maps everything. So maybe he used Yahoo Maps if he's a bit older <laughs> to find the electric charging stations. My point is they're really pushing towards us now. Stephen Colbert making jokes. Oh, it's a, what's a few dollars? Yeah, for a clean that. conscience. Now he is—he is, he is a, supposed to be a comedian. He sucks at it now, but all signs are pointing to they want to heighten your gas prices. They don't care. That's supposed to be a sacrifice you're willing to make for the people of Ukraine, for Mother Ukraine, and at the same time, please buy an electric car. How how do you feel about this, Lewis? What are your thoughts? It's just—it's just funny how the narrative has switched. Um, I don't know how deep we can go on this, but it seems to be that this agenda 2030 all that sort of thing about uh, the green energy uh, the green agenda like you've obviously touched on you basically touched on everything um and with regards to this it all has come about at such a, a convenient time for them you know boris over here wants to of course get rid of petrol and diesel by 2030 <laughs> and i believe uh, the world economic forum has its 10 sustainability i think it's 10 uh, the sustainability promises that they want um a lot of it by 20, 2030 and predominantly by 2030. Um, so it's funny how this is all starting to, to happen all around this time. Um, obviously, you know, you can't make too uh, spicy, um, uh, not predictions, but um, say, says or whatever on, uh, on this event that's occurring. But it did make me laugh how um, 
you know, the US is, is championing, um, of course, one side. You know, we've been taught to, to hate the Russians since the 70s. <laughs> Uh, with all Hollywood and you know all the films and everything and just culture in general, um, and now um, regards to Biden, I think they're sending millions in aid, and mm. at the same time they were also purchasing Russian oil, right. so they were funding both sides. So that's what I found really really interesting. There's a lot about this war um, that don't seem to add up, and and that's that's my take on it. So. I've taken a stance as I'm not on either side. I'd, I'd rather we, we didn't get involved. And the people that are hurting the most are the innocent um, mm. from, of course, the, the people that are um, being blown up, of course, is, is absolutely awful. And, and they're the ones that need the help, um, of course, uh, the most. But also uh, with these sanctions and, of course, what's, what's going on, we're bearing the brunt of it, too, with, with this um with this horrible um, turn of events. So, yeah, I think over the coming days and the coming months and even the coming years, we're going to see some really detrimental effects from, uh, from our actions in the West. Well, firstly, with the whole World Economic Forum thing, with the, which the pylons of the Toronto Sun will have you think, it's not a thing. There's no puppet master grave misunderstanding of what it is. I think they've they've begun to notice that people are onto their their plan a little bit. Their plan was, you know, an increase in carbon tax and um, green energy legislation. Now, I think that people have become a little bit wise to that, so they had to shift a little bit and, you know, say, you know, Russia's to blame, the gas prices are going up, so why not just change to green energy? So they've gone a little bit from forcing it through legislation towards, you know, just social pressure and pressure economically, which is what they did with COVID. You know, so many of the things they did with COVID were not uh, constitutionally sound. They were not legally applicable when people took tickets to court, for example, and we fought tickets for people. They would be withdrawn or thrown out or not entered into the system or the system wasn't meant to handle them. So there is that sort of thing. Most of it was social pressure, just like masks. You know, you can't force somebody to wear a mask. It's like municipal bylaws. You can find somebody, I guess. But now I think they're shifting toward they, they've seen that people are a little bit onto them. These companies are shifting towards doing it through pressuring other companies, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, Netflix, whoever else. And that's the new name of the game. And the people, the writer, uh, Brian at the Toronto Sun says it's not a pu there's no puppet master telling Justin Trudeau what to do. And he's right about that. But he doesn't seem to understand the, of what the World Economic Forum is. It's a large conglomerate of gigantic companies, multinational companies yep. like MasterCard and uh, BP Oil and other companies in Microsoft. And what they do is they can get together and they say, hey, we want to shift towards this thing to benefit this person, whomever, and benefit this plan that we want to push towards. And when Coca-Cola and all these companies get together and they say, well, we're going to boycott everything to do with Russia and we're going to stop Russian oil imports and we can use that as a way for our energy prices to go up, then we can tell people the alternative solution is green energy. So you're getting to the same ends with a, uh, with a different plan, a different roadmap to get there. And that's what the World Economic Forum and that stuff is. It isn't, you know, Klaus Schwab pressing a button and then Trudeau props up, my socks <laughs> must change socks. It's a bunch of very rich and powerful people getting together and saying, let's try to push influence in this direction. And it's pretty obvious to me what hap what's happening. Now, my second point about Ukraine is, of course, Russia's bad. I mean, 
Putin's president forever. They've got a crazy prison system. Um, they love moving in on former Soviet states like Georgia, for example. They've pretty much inserted themselves back into Belarus. Yeah. But on the other hand, it seems like Ukraine, with their bombing of uh, Russian speaking and Russian uh, supportive regions for the last eight years now, and the U.S. funding them and the Bidens uh, uh, getting, you know, the whole Hunter Biden story and the, you know, we fired the guy and uh, Burisma and the president being an actor. Uh, there's also the clips of uh, Lindsey Graham and John Kerry being in Ukraine in 2014 saying we're going to support you no matter what. You guys are going to win this war. You're yeah. completely right when you say they're playing both sides of the war here, and the only people that hurt are the Ukrainian people. And as the Ukrainian military is supposed to be held up as this, you know, bastion of everybody's defending themselves and they're great people, more and more things keep popping up with swastikas and white supremacist logos and, uh, you know, bombing people. There's, there's stories of t them wanting to force people to sing their national anthem. If they don't, they tie them to a pole for a couple days. Now, this a lot of this is propaganda from both sides bad propaganda the ghost of kiev you know uh the ghost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you also had this line from the ukrainian president that he says all i need is ammo uh and a ride or whatever it was that was unsourced the, from one person in the state department all these things that keep becoming untrue and mm. then more and more stuff about these uh let's call them far right i don't even want to use the term far right they're authoritarianism people with bad views i think objectively more and more stories keep popping up it's been covered in the past it's getting re-uncovered and these things were allowed to exist i mean western allies trained some of these terrible factions of milit uh, military groups and they came to an agreement with the current uh sitting government that they were allowed to coexist and they were allowed to be a militia so can you really blame other people for pointing this out. I don't think you can. On top of that, it was a conspiracy theory not a couple weeks ago that Russia was um, setting out to bomb chemical weapons facilities in Ukraine. Yep. Now, yep. it might not be a, the... So that was supposed to be a conspiracy. Now the U.S. has come out and said, well, we are going to protect uh, bio, biological research facilities, whatever that means. Is it a legitimate research facility, Lewis? I don't know. My question would be, why does the U.S. need to defend those? Why are there so many in Ukraine, a country that's supposed to be neutral? And why are they being bombed? Why are they being taken over? I don't know. But there was supposed to be a conspiracy that those things even existed, and that was a reason. And now we find out from the U.S. side, I don't know why they would lie about such a thing that the, that the Russians are going after it. So there's so much lying coming out of the media. And we both know that when the mainstream media and the corporate media blindly pushes something and they put the black square to you and they put the Amazon rainforest to you and it's on your Snapchat and your TikTok and your Instagrams, that something is afoot. Am I wrong, Lewis? No, you're not wrong whatsoever. And it's, it seems to be the same old story, um, especially with the strange virtue signaling of suddenly you're, you're a humanitarian um, by putting up a, someone <laughs> else. Uh, or, you know, I stand with Ukraine in your bio, which uh, doesn't actually do anything. Uh, spoiler. Um, there's a lot of things as well. And to add what you were saying, there's a lot of things that do not make sense. Um for example, these horrible people that we keep hearing that are uh, are part of the the army over in Ukraine um, are now at, oh well they they've been at a parliamentary level for a long time. 
Um, so all the funding is is going towards them. Um, that's the scary part about it. So, you know, decrying conservatives for years that you're some sort of far right, not going to say the, the actual word, um, but then now uh, supporting a regime that, uh, of course, actually funds these, these terrible people um, is quite shocking uh, to see. And don't forget as well, Zelensky being an actor, um, of course, part of the World Economic Forum as well. Um, they had done a lot of partnerships in the past with the World Economic Forum and was, of course, installed into uh, Ukraine. I believe it was back in 2014 um, by America. <laughs> so, you know, <clears throat> if there's anything to question there, how come this is all happening? Like, because of this? I don't know. It's, it's just very, very strange. And there's a lot of questions that need answering. But now, of course, because of this narrative switch, um, if you question Ukraine, you're pro-Putin. If you question um, Ukraine or what's going on there, you're pro-authoritarian. Uh, you love sovereign nations being invaded. And uh, you're just, you know, not on the, the, the right side of history as a, a lot of people like to, to throw at people. And you can't question NATO as well. <laughs> you know, you can't say, oh, since, the 19, since 1991, because of their expansion, um, that's, uh, that's considered a bad thing. And, you know, poking the Russian bear is considered uh, you're an apologist for Putin. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Um, so I'm seeing the same narrative being spun um, from the two, three years of, uh, of COVID now onto, onto war. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I don't want any part of it. <laughs> uh, good quote from my friend John Doyle recently is that neocons love being... Um, governed by CIA operations and multinational corporations telling them their morals. I want to move on to um, uh, some Justin Trudeau stuff, which is going to cross over into some English news, which, of course, is why we have you, Lewis, for strict <laughs> reviews of soccer balls and pints of beer. Um, let's bring up the comedian Andrew Schultz making fun of Justin Trudeau. He recently, one of my favorite comedians and podcasters, he recently came to Toronto and um, he's really good at the sort of like Russell Peters brand of racial humor where he makes fun of everybody, but it's clear that he loves everybody. Um, do we have that clip ready? Okay, well, uh, this was Andrew Schultz talking about Justin Trudeau um, while he was on tour in Toronto recently. Let's throw to that. Yo, Punjabis, be honest, when Trudeau uh, did the Punjabi face, and what was more offensive, that he put on the turban or he made y'all dark skin? Which was more offensive? A bunch of Punjabis in the group chat like, yo, how the fuck are you gonna make us Sri Lankan, bro? This is crazy, huh? We're from the north of India, we're fair-skinned. We light-skinned Indians over here. Get it right, Trudeau. Oh, this guy Trudeau, shut the fuck up, this guy. Does anybody, I, I mean, I, does anybody like him? Nobody likes him, right? Scares and truckers, you saw that show. Oh, they have COVID, I can't come out here. His dad would be so embarrassed. Because Fidel Castro was all about protests. And... Don't you love it when comedians say things that other people can't say? And obviously a, a, a crowd of people that you can't call white supremacists sitting there and supporting what he's saying. I just love it when, you know, international comedians take wind of Trudeau. And the other clip I wanted to show Lewis was on a show I think you said was on uh, 
a talk radio show. What is this show on where they're roasting Trudeau for the reception he got when he went to England? Yeah, it seems to be um, you've got uh, Mike Graham, who once said that uh, you can grow concrete, which is just... <laughs> is this a left-wing or a right-wing show? Do we, that was what I was wondering. I think it's a mix. I think okay. it's a good mix. Um, so you've got a good mixture. But uh, talk radio, I think it's been going for a while. But I believe this sort of segment, you've got the same uh, similar panel, well, panelists from talk radio but i think they're doing something called was it plank of the week yeah i've got questions about the vernacular afterwards lewis let's go ahead and show it cool. all right and the equally handsome uh, christo fufas on my left now the last time you guys were together uh, the show was incredibly kind of uh, double entendred if you don't mind me saying so so i'm hoping to have a bit more of a clean show tonight oh, well, fair enough um would you like to make your final nomination yes this this angers me does it it's oh, actually God. really angry. Does it involve TV? No. Well, oh, it does. It oh. involves someone going on television and talking the biggest load of claptrap I've ever heard in my life. And that is, of course, the pretty boy himself. He's got a foppish head who looks like Hugh Grant. It is Justin Trudeau. Oh, yes. The oh, Canadian he's here, minister. isn't he? He uh, did a press conference with Mr. Viral himself, What's he doing Boris here, Johnson. By the way? Oh, he went to meet the Queen, do a little visit. You know, and as if the poor Cara hasn't had enough to do with this year. She I mean, has to put up with him. I'm no, surprised no. he didn't freeze her bank account and, you know, <laughs> Because he gave this great long diatribe today against Putin, saying that he wants respect for sovereignty, he wants to have a democracy stood for, he wants to stay true to these values, he wants to fight for that all over the world. This was a man that basically froze the bank accounts of truckers, Mm -hmm. decided that he was going to to forcibly round them up. He took tactics directly out of the rule book of Vladimir Putin to deal with his own people, and then he has the audacity and the lack of self-awareness to stand at a podium and tell us that he wants to fight for sovereignty and democracy. Mm -hmm. He's a hypocrite, he has a neck made of brass, and he's a moron. And he's a plank. He really is. He's been on this show already this year for some of the actions that he's taken. So for him to be on it yet again, that's going to keep him He's, he's get, yeah, but he, he also all the, the protesting truckers, most of whom were vaccinated, by the way. In any case, um, he also branded them racist, and misogynist, didn't he? Did. he? And when a, a conservative MP stood up and said, "Like you can't say that, you can't slander them that way," he said, "Well, maybe you might be happy to stand with swastikas and fed, Confederate flags, but I'm not." She was a Jewish MP. <gasps> huh. Yes. He, he really is plank. an absolute idiot. Do you have no self awareness as to what he was? Um, any case. <laughs> you know the one country that our um, Trudeau yeah, is admitted to really now. admiring. Oh yeah, China. China. Um, oh no, they were talking about China there at the end. They make fun of her that. Uh, who is this alt Katie Hopkins? <laughs> There's what I want to know. Um, Lewis, two questions: What is a plank, and what is a neck of brass? Right. So plank. Um, I was explained to you earlier. Uh, plank is like an idiot because um, it's just bland. It's got nothing to it. It's just a plank. You're a plank. You're an idiot. Uh, neck of brass. Um, neck of brass, I believe, and I'm going to be making so many people cringe if I get this wrong. Okay. Um, so a lot of pressure is on me. Uh, neck of brass, I believe, is uh, is quite stern. I believe that's what it means. So you're quite a stern person, I believe. We have to urban dictionary okay. that, uh, producer Olivia. So, yeah, it turns out it's like <laughs> completely the opposite. <laughs> neck of brass, brass um, neck. A type of extremely behavior com- where somewhere, someone is extremely confident about their own action but does not understand that their behavior is unacceptable to others. Very interesting. Yep. Very well done, yep. Lewis. <clears throat> my, my own pocket British dictionary. 
uh, British to English, Bringlish even. There is another video you were talking about that I haven't watched yet. Um, there is a guy who went to the Ukrainian yeah. embassy or consulate and was trying to volunteer to become part of the Ukrainian military. Yeah, so uh, I can't wait to show you this one. So <laughs> three guys go to the Ukrainian embassy in London uh, and basically turn up to uh, to say that they want to fight alongside Ukraine to, uh, against the Russians. And um, I mean, just take a look at the characters for yourself. But uh, it almost looks like a comedy sketch, the way they turn up and get filmed by Sky News. Take a look. Got no sound. There we go. The Foreign Legion, yeah? Thank you. He's got his, like, he looks like Joe Budden, if anybody knows British. And what's made you want to come here? They look like they need help. We're young, strong, fit men. We can help, so why not? Do you have any military expertise? Absolutely none at all, no. Email. The letter for this address, yeah, and uh, he contacted with you and said what you must do. Okay, okay. now he's given us these details, which we're now going to ring, um, and somehow they're going to tell us what we need to do from here on. Why have you decided to come down here today? Well, um, this Ibrahimovic will make like. a difference. Uh, seen on the news, uh, innocent people losing their lives. Uh, Are you prepared to lose your life? Think so, yes. <laughs> I used to be in the TA. I've also got a lot of first aid training. So, decided to come and do something. And you're prepared to go to Ukraine and fight? Yeah, I can get on a flight tomorrow. And if you don't mind me asking, how old are you? I'm 60, which means I'm just about within the range, age range they'll accept. Yes, yeah, so just And, and your you're prepared mask. to put your own life on the line? Well, somebody has to. Touching that banister with all the germs on it. Lewis, yeah. these just seem like confused men who've been watching too much BBC or something. Yeah, I mean, the funny part about it is the guy's scared to even breathe, let alone go in Yeah. Right, which is funny. Um, but the funniest thing about this is, obviously, they were, they were blown up all over social media and everything with this story. And then uh, Sky News ran an article recently saying that... Um, that he that the guy the first guy that you saw that was like yeah i'm here to join the uh the the foreign legion or whatever it's called uh he's has been turned down because he would be a liability <laughs> leon dawson tells sky news he has now traveled to poland's border with ukraine to deliver aid to the war-torn country and he's still willing to take up arms if required how do you just let somebody across like six different countries like he has mm. to drive across into france i imagine I think he either went there or he got he got a flight. Um, okay. He's obviously taking so, the old thing. So, so he's, he's just gone. buying groceries in Poland and trying to bring them to the border? Like, <laughs> such a so. confused man. And you can tell his outfit, he's well put together, he's in shape, he cares about his appearance, and, like, maybe this is just a social media ploy. He says he's got no military experience, but here he went and bought a camo backpack and a helmet. <laughs> well, what's interesting is if you look him up, he's actually an actor. Um, ah, very there you go. So that explains a bit of a lot. But, um, <laughs> yeah, explains a bit of a lot. I like that phrase. Yeah. That's it, mate. Uh, that's yeah. going to be a shirt idea that I'm going to steal from you. A bit of a, a lot. Bit. Along with my Don't Blame Me, I Voted for Menzies t-shirt. Patent pending, everybody. <laughs> um, more British tings, Lewis. <laughs> you also mentioned, was that a sneeze? Bless you. Um Spreading COVID all over England, Lewis Brackpool. Uh, Nicola Sturgeon, I'm not I'm not familiar with her. 
What is, it, what is her position? So she's the first minister of Scotland. So okay. she uh, basically is, uh, she takes the brunt of everything over in Scotland. <laughs> okay. And uh, she has recently apologized to people accused of witchcraft. Now, I thought, Lewis, that this was like, so, like somebody was calling some people witches now. But you're saying this was an apology for, what, a thousand years ago? <laughs> yes. So uh, Nicola Sturgeon has offered a formal apology to people accused of witchcraft between the 16th and 18th century. Okay, so 500 years ago. <laughs> uh, the Scottish First Minister said she was choosing to acknowledge um, an egregious historic injustice. And of course, she'd done this on International Women's Day. Uh, ah. So the verdict is off the charts here. Uh, it's thought 4,000 Scots, most of them were women. Uh, who, accused, who were accused of breaking the Witchcraft Act between 1563 and 1736. So she basically went on to say, I'm so sorry. How do they decide these years? <laughs> I'd like to know the research that went into this. I would like to apologize, Lewis, to the victims of <laughs> Moby Dick. Um, yeah. Or the, wait, was Moby Dick the whale? Or was the, um, what was the whaler's what? name? Moby Dick, I think. Oh, yeah, oh, Captain Moby. Ahab. Thank you, producer. I'd like to apologize to all the victims of Captain Ahab's whaling yes. expeditions that were would be highly illegal today. So anybody who was a anti-whale poaching activist of whatever time period that is, I'd like to apologize. And while I'm at it, Lewis, I'd like to apologize to anybody who suffered unjust capital punishment under Hammurabi's code, using an eye for an eye. I just want to you know really just send my condolences out to that that's what justin trudeau always does and the canadian government always does obama did a bit of it but he wasn't as bad at it because obama was actually was actually more conservative than justin trudeau uh justin trudeau is always trying to apologize for past historical crimes from times when all people on earth did not exist and he doesn't even do that anymore he's so like tyrannical now that he doesn't do that anymore um he obviously he i think it's very fair to say that he doesn't get along with native leaders across the country he can't get them clean water first of all um he lies about he lied about the graves and everything and the and the churches so, you know it was understandable in his eyes and, and what is the who's who are they winning over by apologizing to witches or those accused of witchcraft in like Salem, Massachusetts, perhaps? What is there a place in England where it's like this is where like the witchcraft stuff happened, the witch trials? I think um, I think it happened all over the gaff, I think. But um, yeah, that's what Shrewsbury so town, maybe, Lewis. Could be. Uh, oh. I, I'm not so, I'm not so uh, clued up on witchcraft and where wow. they uh, where they were burning witches at the stake back in England in the 1500s. I'm not I'm not 100 uh, percent clued up in that subject, but I am clued up in how insane Nicola Sturgeon is and how the SNP have ruined Scotland. Oh yes, um, with with lots of different things, mainly hate speech laws mm -hmm. and free speech in general where you can just be um arrested for even misgendering someone as you um, should so, as you, yeah as you should as you all should um so yeah she it's peak virtue signaling from nicola on international women's day i apologize uh, for all the horrible things that you know the falsely accused witches that were burnt at the stake back in the 1500s so that's basically it and it's mental you know for international women's day here i made 
sure to specifically go out of my way to insult the hosts of Misunderstood more than usual. Uh, right. Natasha and Catherine, because, you know, they can take it. Um, I, I think their show is transphobic. I think it's sexist. I think it's fat phobic, most of all. I think our producer can tell you it's nothing but fat and transphobia um, on yeah. Misunderstood. She's shaking her head. No, she won't play along. Um, oh, they're bigots, says the producer. Thank you. Um, very bigoted show, Misunderstood. Tuesdays. Wednesdays, Tuesdays, Tuesdays at seven. Sorry, misunderstood. It's not going along with my plot to, to ruin them. Um, Tucker Carlson had a UFC fighter on, I think yesterday, <clears throat> um, recently victorious, big fight last weekend that he won. I think he's 17 and one or something like that. Um, he's very Southern. He's from Arkansas and he's been making waves because previously he made comments about COVID and restrictions and a lot of people loved that. And now um, before his fight and after his fight, he's making uh, statements about Ukraine and about Biden. And they're very interesting, especially coming from a guy um, who's a professional athlete. He seems to be very on the ball about uh, geopolitics. He literally runs his own farm every time. he. You can't call him a bad person. He runs his own farm every time he wins. He gives money to children's charities, I believe. This time the USC and Dana White stepped in and said, no, we're going to pay for it because you're, you're only making, uh, I think, $90,000 off of this one which is, you know, a lot to all of us, but you have to understand he's putting his brain on the line every time. Um, so his name is uh, Bryce Mitchell, and there's a two-minute video that I want to share and get your thoughts on, Lewis, if we can go ahead and play that. Let's do it. The greatest thing I can do is die defending this land, so I'm not afraid to do that. I'm just not wanting to go waste my life fighting for some of these battles that I don't even believe in. I, you know, our, our, I believe our leaders, a lot of these elites are guilty of treason. What they've done is just um, treasonous, and you know, and I'm sure you know what I'm talking about a little bit. It, it's it's funny that they're accusing you of treason. Um, why do you think almost everyone in the media, and I mean almost everybody, and both political parties, and of course the White House, are all on the same page that you need to get behind this war with Russia? Why is that so important to them? Do you have any sense? I don't exactly know what their agenda is with the whole war on Russia, but I do know that um, all that money that's going to the Biden family through Hunter Biden, um, he's not, he doesn't have the merit for that position he's got over there. They've used our tax dollars to bribe him a job, you know. Um, if me or you did what Nancy Pelosi did and got millions in stocks, we'd go to prison for insider trading, but she does it and, and she's filthy rich. So these, their families are getting, um, very greatly compensated while they're taxing us to death. Inflation's higher than ever. They close down all of our pipelines and wonder why the price of oil uh, has, has gone through the roof. Uh, these people are trying to destroy our country because they are profiting off the downfall of our country. And if y'all don't see what's going on, you are blinded every day. Um, you know, our inflation gets worse. Our debt gets worse. Um, our, our actual currency is controlled by a small group called the Federal Reserve that ain't federal and ain't a reserve. So it's, uh, it's insidious in nature. It's made to control. We, we have a lot of problems, and it's going to take a lot of things uh, to fix it. Awesome. 
He's been watching some Zeitgeist documentaries from 2006, I think, <laughs> uh, with that last part. What does it say, Lewis, that uh, just a regular guy from Arkansas who turned into a fighter has these opinions? Do you think he's coming from, you know, a place where he's watching too much Fox News? Or do you think he's coming from a place where this is what a regular person, a citizen, can point out just by paying a little bit of attention? Do you think he's right? He's wrong? How do you feel about all that? Well, it's just the classic demonization of the working class. Classic. We see it everywhere now. Um, that guy's a smart lad and he's gained another fan um, from me. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Saying that you do not want to um, fight in a foreign war is considered uh, controversial. I mean, we saw a similar thing uh, with Muhammad Ali not wanting to fight in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. and he was arrested and put in prison um, for it. But now, obviously, of course... People down the line see that and go, fair play to him. He, he stuck to what he believed in, and, and that was it. And now, of course, they're accusing him of, tre of treason, which is absolutely nuts. I mean, what's, I, mean I, stand, I stand with him completely. I mean, you know, I, I'd like to think that, you know, if, if an invasion happened here, of course, you'd dig your boots in the ground and you, you'd fight for your country here. But to go and, um, to go and draft yourself in a, in a foreign war like that um, when – both sides are, are corrupt is just surely that's um, an indication of, of what, what we're dealing with here. And, you know, if you've got the media establishment, the media class, of course, people like George Soros um, and all these corrupt, horrible politicians saying, you know, we should we should be uh, we should be going to Ukraine and fighting. I'm going to, of course, question a few things, <laughs> especially with the old Soros bloke uh, on the same side. Um, so, yeah, fair play to him. And, um, yeah, it just shows once again that the, uh, the media establishment, the media class or whoever, the liberal metropolitan elite hate the working class so much that they'll call them treasonous for, uh, for standing up for what they believe in. It's strange to me now how so much of this stuff is still under the guise of, you know, progressivism. That's the people who push it. Now it is progressive to be pro-war or at the yeah. very least go fighting go fight a war americans americans go fight a war support give money to this war that most people obviously know nothing about like i'm not going to sit here and say i'm a geopolitical expert on ukraine russian relations i mean it's been going it's been going on for a long time in this region i know a little bit about it but most people who you know are championing this are not the people you would side with on other issues. I mean, these are people who insist on war. If you recall when Trump bombed a Russian airfield in Syria, that is when all the mainstream media says, you know, this is he's finally looking presidential. This is the first time where Donald Trump finally looks like he's a man that can run this country stably. It's like they want this war machine to happen for some reason. And my take is that as long as there's a war going on in Ukraine. It's costing Russia money. Now, why do they want Russia to spend so much money? I don't know. I'm thinking it's because they're the ones who stand up against, you know, the establishment's interest the most. China is obviously a big enemy, but they do so much more business with China than they do with Russia. It's easier to cut ties with Russia and make them a huge enemy, um, which to a degree they are, of course, but their economy is nowhere near the size of China. Their military technology is nowhere near 
the level that the United States is. And I think we've seen that with their convoy of vehicles broken down with pop tires and, uh, you know, 50 miles of vehicles stalled um, in northern Ukraine next to, coming from Belarus. But there's this ideological battle where Russia doesn't seem to care about any of the, you know, culture that America puts forth. They never have, of course. That's why we disagree with them so much. But they are very anti-gay in their legislation. They're very anti-Western. Um, they take shots, obviously, at the U.S. all the time through their news companies. Do I think that the means they should be banned? No. Do I have Absolutely. to agree with them? No. But there's something about how Vladimir Putin runs his country that the Bidens, the Obamas, and the Clintons really hate and that they want to put a stop to them. Maybe it's because they have so much business in Ukraine. Maybe it's because uh, Russia is the only people that stand up to them culturally and, and mock them for what they're doing. Maybe it's because they hack different things. I don't. I, I think it could be many of those things. What I don't think it is is a moral obligation that you know Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi and Kamala Harris. Though we must stop them. We must stop them in Russia from being such bad guys. Because if that's your motto, then why don't you move in on so many other countries that are much weaker than Russia? Why don't you stop so many other conflicts? You can go to Sudan. You can go to Yemen. You can go. Why don't you go to North Korea and stop them for, and demilitarize that zone between the Koreas. China would have a problem with that, of course. But why don't you choose any of these other conflicts around the world? Why do you choose Ukraine, Russia? Because I think they have interest there and they have a, a, a reason to go there. Now, I'm not saying to go to these other countries. I don't want them to do that. I want them. I want there to be some period of time where we don't want to manipulate foreign entities and uh, do regime changes that never worked. Yeah. And be it a million years war in Afghanistan and Iraq. Like, this is like choosing a side between Iran and Iraq, if you ask me. Like, you've got the Taliban and uh, in Afghanistan, you've got um, um, the Iraqi forces. Now, there's a bunch of different ones that run them, obviously. Um, but you've got the Taliban in Afghanistan. You've got Iraqi regimes. You've got the Iranian regimes. You're going to pick your poison there. Like, what's the point here? What's the point of picking uh, Zelensky and Putin, uh, one who's bombing their own people, another one who wants to invade other people? I don't yeah. I don't get it, Lewis. There's got to be something that they want and want to they want to destroy Russia for some reason, and it's not because out of the goodness of their heart, I don't think, when Nancy Pelosi is, you know, shape-shifting into a lizard three for three hours a day, just like the Queen. That's a joke, everybody. I don't actually believe that. But we remember the theories. They must change into lizards for a certain amount every day. I believe it was Tony Blair, the Queen, George Bush, and I forget yeah. who else. I think the Bombers. They had to be lizards. They're all lizards. David Icke's theory. We've talked about David Icke before. The grandfather of the lizard theory. <laughs> yes, yes, the grandfather. I'm sorry, Lewis. Um, the idea of him, that video I sent you, it's an old Vice documentary where David Icke explains his beliefs. Yes, yes, it's fascinating. It's very, very. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're completely right. And um, like I've like I've said before, um, <clears throat> it's very easy for people to throw around buzzwords um, because of this war. Uh, it's very easy now to go onto the internet um, and you know call someone pro Putin or an a Putin a Putin apologist is a, is another one um, by just saying that you know if you keep poking the Russian bear there will be retaliation 
um, and that's what we're seeing. And you know, for me, it's not an excuse to uh, to invade a country. Obviously, mm-hmm. Putin's um, a bit mad um, with that, of course, and more than a bit. Obviously, I think that's a bit of an understatement. Well, um, did you see their their demands that they wanted though from Ukraine? It was stop it, um, stop attacking that region. Let them become. Let the two. I don't know if they're provinces or states or just regions. Let them become neutral, and we'll pull out immediately. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think I think that's the only way. Unfortunately, what we're doing in the West, we're goading uh, Ukraine on to win a war that they're not going to win, mm-hmm. and um, that's how I'm seeing it. And if we keep pushing that, more and more people are going to be wiped out. The idea of a no-fly zone is only going to drag more NATO countries involved, and uh, that will spark World War Three. Um, sorry, bit doomsday, I know, but that's just the way it is. And you know, if if Ukraine just um, if just recognizes some neutrality, I think we're going to see some better developments, and um, we're going to see we're going to see some sort of um, oh, what's the word uh, a pact or something um, ceasefire. A ceasefire pact, some some kind of uh, we're going to build relations again. I think if we just acknowledge some sort of neutrality, you, I'm sorry to say, I know it sounds horrible, and I really, really do feel for all the innocent people um, from both sides that have been caught up into this, are being killed mercilessly by each side. But um, you know, if we if we continue to goad Ukraine in a war that they're not going to win, more and more people are just going to be killed. And Zelensky making parliamentary speeches. I mean, well, we know the guy's an actor. We know that he can quickly. And everybody, you know, every um, translator cries when they hear his speeches. Yeah, like you know, and <laughs> you just see, you know, you can easily learn his lines within an hour. Of course, <laughs> um, so when I see this, I'm I'm trying to sieve through the propaganda on both sides mm-hmm. to try and truth and i think that's what's very important and a lot of people have mess i've lost a lot of followers from people who are saying why aren't you putting i stand with ukraine uh, <laughs> why aren't you doing this why aren't you doing that and it's like look i'm my own person okay i'm my job is to try and sieve through it all and try to understand the truth that's what i'm trying to do and uh, if it means not putting that or not taking size then so be it and if that upsets you well that's your own insecurities that you've got to uh you've got to acknowledge. So, no, I'm not taking a side in it. Um, I'll continue to call out both sides um, because there is corruption on both sides. And I'm sick and tired of seeing everything being banned from Russia and Russia phobia. It's, it's not doing anything. It's ridiculous. Banning Yorkshire tea uh, from <laughs> Russia is not going to stop you. Didn't you say the- there is a classical artist that they stopped performing Ch- as well? Tchaikovsky, yes, right. And which symphony uh, is this or is just anywhere? I think they've just banned performances uh, to do a Tchaikovsky in Wales. Uh, you know, things like that. And banning cats from, Russian cats from shows, things like that. Um, I think we've got it up here. Yeah, breaking, yeah, Wales, Wales. bans. they yeah. damn long names in Wales. We're, we're book burning is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Um, oh, I just, you know, Dostoevsky's next. You well, know, Thankfully, uh, in Canada, they wanted to ban... Russian hockey players from being drafted into the minor hockey league system in Canada, and actually, and and, and a few people said this is like you're punishing children. There's no point, and it actually 
did get stopped. They didn't do that, but they did cancel any games between Canada and Russia. Every year they have this series, I think of five or seven games. I think it's seven, the Canada-Russia series it's called, and they canceled that, and they wanted to stop any Russian-born players from being drafted um, as if they're elite elite spies who are also very, very good at hockey. It doesn't make any sense. Um, There you go. It's ill-conceived theater. And they um, later that day they took they 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 didn't say they weren't going to do it they just dropped that idea from what they were going to do. Yeah. So well to add to that, Andrew as well. I mean, Democrats are advocating for Russian students to be completely taken off the education ed- educational systems. There, they're you know banning them from universities or wanting or advocating for this. Um, you're seeing you're seeing just innocent people being just mistreated. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if after 9-11, the West started um, banning Muslims from everywhere and things like that? Can you imagine? All Saudis or all uh, anybody. The Chinese after, you know, um, after Corona. Uh, Can you imagine? I mean, it shows. It shows, doesn't it? I mean, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, after COVID started happening, she went to Chinatown and started hugging Chinese people. Mm-hmm. And you remember that, yeah. which is meant. And now they're advocating for banning Russian students just because of a um, a war. It's got nothing to do with these innocent people. Um, and you would have thought, you would think that these people would have a brain to to realize that. But no, it's let's ban Russian Russians from absolutely everything. It's mental. It's absolutely mental. Uh, McCarthyism was supposed to be bad, even though stopping commun- the idea of McCarthyism was to stop communism from intra- infiltrating American institutions and school systems, which it did, and that was is still held as bad in history. Um, but now this is supposed to be good. Progressivism is now uh, boycotting people from an entire country based on what their government does. Any citizen who already or group who already exists in a d- another place in the world, they must be excommunicated. Like you're, uh, you're vying for the Pope's, <laughs> the Pope's. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well wishing in like the 1300s. Excommunicate the Portuguese now. Um, that's right. The Pope is British. Um, do we have any paid chats before we get going here? Before we skedaddle with this? Uh, let's uh, bring that up, please. Uh, before. Plank of the week with Lewis. Fraser McBurney says, solution, Russia pays $100 an acre for the two territories and Crimea and pays for all the world damage. I mean, America's never going to allow that, I don't think. They're never going to say it's okay that Russia takes these territories back. And maybe for good reason, because once Russia starts taking stuff, then they might just keep taking more stuff. I mean... I don't think it's outrageous to say that Russia secretly <laughs> wants all of the USSR back. I mean, you look at places like Estonia, Latvia, and Belarus. They're in. They're they still have tentacles in there. Obviously, Belarus. They just armed with. They say they armed them with nucle- nuclear weapons. They mm-hmm. want Georgia. They want Crimea. Do they really need to go after Kazakhstan? I'm sure they could if they would. Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan. I'm pretty sure those were all part of uh, Soviet Union. They don't really need to do anything. They probably have bases there anyways. I don't think publicly, if you're a person who's supporting Ukraine and the U.S. government who's supporting Ukraine, giving up these territories is the solution. And also Russia isn't asking for the territories formally. 
great. Agreed. Um, Lewis and I have been talking for a week about this new song from the streets. I don't know if we'll get copyright claimed if we play that before we go. Any final yeah. words, uh, Lewis? Um, yeah, don't believe the propaganda. That's going to be my little uh, sound bite. She and, can't um, find the song anyways. What's it called, Lewis? Um, uh, wrong answers only by the streets. I think if we play 10 seconds before we leave, we won't get taken down. Um, it was great to talk to you always, Lewis. Thank everybody for watching on Rumble, Super U, Getter. And of course, we don't want to thank you for watching on YouTube, but we will. because Not because of you guys, because YouTube hates us. Um, and I'm, Odyssey, I'm also missing because Odyssey, a great group of people working there. Rebelnews.com, we've got a lot of stuff coming up about Canadian elections. We've got the Ontario election coming up. Um, this summer, we've got the Canadian conservative leadership election coming up in the fall, I believe, in September. So we're going to have a lot of massive coverage. We've got people going out um, as we speak to go and cover it, cover some of the leaders who are running for the conservative leadership. Maybe we'll have a debate. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe I should have a debate, um, host a deba debate for provincial leaders later this summer, Lewis. Maybe you'll join for that. Oh, yeah. do you prefer tea, uh, crumpets or English muffins? And that will be yeah. one of the tough questions. The classic rhetoric. And I'm going to come on and say, <laughs> yeah, man, you got any uh, maple syrup? Oh, and <laughs> Yeah. You sound like Dave Chappelle's impression of white guys. <laughs> hey, man, you got any maple syrup for me? Very maybe, waspy. Maybe some cheese curds? <laughs> do you have cheese curds in England? I don't think you do. Cheese curds, I don't know what that is. No. It's just chunks of cheese, basically, that goes on poutine, which is also banned now. The last time when I had yeah, uh, Alex and I did the live stream together, there's places that are changing the name of poutine because it sounds too much like Putin. Um, so it's now just fries and gravy, which I thought was what it is, but we had a name for it. We'll never, we'll never solve the Quebec question, you know? Thank <laughs> withdrawing as we speak after we banned <laughs> we're gonna ban uh, potatoes next I think Sputniks <laughs> not Irish potatoes play us out producer we're out of time um, with anything you want thank you Lewis Brackpool thank you Rebel News viewers thank you paid chatters um, goodbye I was trying to think of a British thing to say toodaloo <laughs> toodaloo cheerio S Club 7 anything I'm gonna keep talking until we're we're, we're played Who out here. There he is.